0: Good morning, I invite you to prepare your hearts for worship as we are led in a prelude by the Gardner-Webb University Trumpet Ensemble.
1: Good morning, morning. welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you're here and and trumpet guests welcome this morning. We are glad that you're here leading us today. We look forward to what God will do in our midst as we open our hearts and our minds uh, to his ways and his will this morning. At this time, I wanna invite Hannah to come up as she leads us in our call to worship this morning.
2: Please follow along in your bulletin for the call to worship. Called by God, we have come to worship. Called by the Spirit, we have come to rejoice. All together, we will listen
0: Thank you. Our hymn of praise this morning is number 310, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. 310, please stand if you are able and join in singing.
3: Invite the children to come forward for lesson on the steps. What do you want, Mr. Wheel? You love my bucket. What's on my bucket? A heart. A heart. Well, do what, what George? You want to sit right here? I want to sit right there. Well, I got the little ones there. You can be a big girl today. I like your dress. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. Is heart happening this week? What's happening this week? What is Valentine's Day? And what's special about Valentine's Day? You what? It's about love. love. Well, how many of you have ever seen somebody take a flower? See my flower? And he goes, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. Now, sometimes I bet you might ask your mom or your dad, they might've done that and they wanted to end up with, he loves me. What do you think? Do you think God pulls the petals off the flower to tell us he loves us? You do? I don't. I think God doesn't care if there's petals on the flower or not because I think he's in our heart and we, he loves us all the time. Yeah. Yes, he does, doesn't he, Callan and Levi? Uh, he loves us all the time. Uh, do you have a girlfriend? Oh, um, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I think you do. I you? have
4: girlfriend
3: of And what?
4: I have a
3: girlfriend with you, All the girls at daycare love you, don't they? Yeah, I know that. I've seen that on the playground. But God loves you. God loves me. And we don't have to take the petals off the flowers.
4: No.
3: Huh? He loves us a bunch, doesn't he? How about that song that we sing sometimes? Jesus loves me. Can we sing that? Yeah. All right, let's see what we can sing. Are everybody going to sing together? All right, here we go. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so.
4: Little ones to him belong.
3: They are weak, but he is strong. Thank you. Because what does that song say? Jesus loves us all the time, not just on Valentine's Day and not just when we pull the petals off the flower. Every day, all the time. All right, and since this is Valentine's Day, oh, Jude, you're coming, aren't you? I'm going to let Jude hold the bucket. Come here and hold the bucket. After our prayer, everybody gets a thing of hearts that lets you know all kinds of things that you can say about this being Valentine's week. Okay, all right, let's close our eyes, put our hands together, there you go. Jesus, we know you love us and we don't have to pull the petals off a flower. You hug us, you fill us with your love and your warmth. Take care of these children their families and this church. We celebrate you, Lord, and we celebrate your love. It's in Jesus your name. Amen. All right, all right, Jude.
2: Good morning. One of my daddy's favorite verses in the Bible was Psalm. 118 24. And he always had a uh, King James version. My version is first century. And you may have other versions of the Bible. But the message is the same. This is the day which the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I'm here today to talk about the WMU Heck Jones offering. Our goal for our church is $3,000. The offering will be in on Sunday, February the 24th, but our arms are always open <laughs> if you want to give sooner or later or later. These are in the pews. And there's also a a brochure that's scattered about in the church, Unshakable Pursuit. And it talks about the two women in the 1800s who began this offering. Fanny Heck and her friend, Sally Jones. If you get an opportunity, read this brochure. talks about several things that we do with the offering. Many of you are familiar with Muna Vista Camp. Our GAs have taken advantage of that camp for years. It's a place that offers Quiet and solitude, and it also gives you an enthusiasm to come back home to your church and be involved. So I heartily recommend Munda Vista Camp. The brochure also talks about a young woman from north carolina who is working in vermont we think it's cold here have you ever been to vermont <laughs> it's cool in the summer times and it's been known to snow but Rebecca Altry is working for WMU through the Heck Jones offering. We also have people serving in Ukraine, and uh, the Hispanic community is growing in North Carolina and we need to provide funds for reaching out to those people. On the back side of the brochure it shows a WMU group from Pofftown and I Mentioned that to Pastor Keith because he used to live up that way and he's familiar with Poftown. As a longtime resident of Winston-Salem, my daughter Elizabeth and I know about Poftown, but it tells all about the women in the WMU there in Pophtown Baptist Church who are working in many ways to expand the gospel. We hope that you will take advantage of the envelope. These are in the pews and there are some other copies of this m- invaluable piece of literature here called Unshakable Pursuit that is available in the hallway near the offices. Uh, The in-gathering is Sunday, February the 24th, and you'll hear some more about it next week. And we hope you take advantage of the opportunity to share the gospel. Thank you.
5: Thank you guys for your, your leadership in worship this morning. We're glad that you're here, and we're glad that all of you are here this morning. Uh, I just wanted to remind our senior adults and our youth that you're invited to uh, a lunch uh, celebrating Valentine's Day immediately following our worship in the fellowship hall, and so we look forward to our time together this, this morning. Uh, there are many in our church, spoken, unspoken, who are in need of prayer. Um, You may know of some of those and you may pray for yourself in this time or close family members. I'm going to allow just a moment as we begin in prayer for each of us to pray for the things that are on our hearts this morning, whether for ourselves or for others. And after we take a few moments to do that, um, I will lead us in a word of prayer. So would you join me now in reflection and prayer? Our God who is above all, hear our prayer this morning. You know the concerns and the issues that that weigh us down. The joys and the celebrations that we bring to you as well. Lord, in in the good and bad, help us to have clear minds and intentional hearts to praise you through every phase of life. Lord, these concerns that were spoken, whether out loud or in our hearts and minds this morning, we lift those up to you. Lord, there is no amount of anxiety or worry or stress that will fix or help our problems. But God, we trust that you A God who is good, a God who is loving, and a God who is forgiving can supply us our needs and comfort us when we need it most. We are grateful for time to be in your presence this morning, to be in the presence of others who believe and whose lives have been changed. Lord, as we go into this week and as we celebrate Valentine's Day, a day of love, may we remember that it is your love that gives us life. It is your love that is far greater for us than we could ever imagine. And there are no words or actions that we can do or say to give our thanks to you for that love. Lord, help us also to remember this week those whom we love and who love us. We often find and see your presence and your face in a spouse, a family member, a friend, or a loved one. Help us to express our love this week for those we care for. And Lord, as we leave this place today, may we go in your presence to have peace and to be a light in this world. Give us strength each day and each moment to be your people, to be intentional about loving others and loving you more than we love ourselves. Lord, as we spend the rest of our morning in worship, I pray that every word spoken and song that is sung and played, I pray that all of it is pleasing to you. I pray that everything we do here would not be to build up ourselves or to build up Boiling Springs Baptist Church or this community, but I pray that everything we do and say would be to build up your kingdom. Lord, I pray that each of us would be open to hear and to feel your presence and your voice this morning and as we leave today. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
0: Our hymn is number 587, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. 587. If you are able, please stand and join in singing.
5: pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to worship in your house this morning. Just Help us to realize just how much you've given us and just how little we can do to pay that back, but help us to understand the importance of of giving and to know what we're giving to. Just bless us as we leave here today and bless us throughout the rest of this week. Amen.
0: We are so honored to have the Gardner-Webb Trumpet Ensemble to uh, lead us in worship today, and they will be accompanying the choir on the anthem, but we also always appreciate the accompaniment given to us by Cheryl Daves and Roger Lowe, and also Kenny Collins, who whenever I call, whatever instrument I want him to play, he's always ready, willing, and able. So thank you, Kenny. Thank you, Cheryl and Roger, and thank you to the ensemble. If you will um, watch for my direction, we would like for you to join in singing with us on part of this anthem. The words will be on the screen and I know that you know the tune. So just watch for that.
1: Thank you, choir, accompanists. If you have your Bibles this morning, you're going to hear this a lot over the next few weeks. Turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, this morning. It will be on the screen. You have a pew Bible there in front of you, or hopefully you brought yours there this morning, but Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. I may pause a couple of moments uh, as we read through the text today to explain something, but um, again, Luke 5, verses 1 through 3. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, Gennesaret was a town around the Sea of Galilee. This is—it was the Sea of Galilee has been called the Lake of Gennesaret or the Lake of Tiber- or Sea of Tiberias, which was also another city around this region of Galilee. The crowd was pressing in on him as he was around the lake there to hear the word of God. He saw two boats there at the shore of the lake, and the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, one belonging to Simon Peter, and he asked him to put out a little way from the shore. He sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep, out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, master, we have worked all night long and we have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught so many fish that that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Or as the Greek says, you'll be taking people alive. I love that. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. Pray with me once more. God, teach us more about what it means to follow you and be made new bless now the reading and the preaching of your word i ask this prayer in jesus name amen for the last two weeks we have been in a series sermon series titled identity crisis and two weeks ago we read of jesus back in the beginning of luke 4 speaking in his home church there in nazareth and he was establishing his identity last week we talked about a case of mistaken identity the people were praising Jesus. Jesus was up here as far as his popularity and the words and the actions and things, who he was as a person. And then within just a few short words of Jesus to the people, they were wanting to take him to the brow of a hill and throw him off the cliff. And so Jesus was not who they thought he would be. When he said that, he, uh, that he, his message has, has, is for all people, they didn't like that. The Jews would wake up every morning and would thank God that they were not a Gentile. And so for Jesus to now proclaim that his message is for the Gentiles, the Jews felt betrayed. And so they was, Jesus, again, was not who they wanted him and expected him to be the allure and the appeal of Jesus as we con- as we conclude chapter 4 we didn't preach on that or i didn't read that but if we look at the end of chapter 4 the allure and the appeal of Jesus is growing ever stronger the people want to be near Jesus they want to hear what he has to say there's something different about this man for when he speaks he speaks with authority and there's something different there's something special about his words so looking at our passage this morning what are some initial observations Some of you have read this story. Many of you have read it time and time again. But what are some initial observations we gather, we glean from it as we begin to read it? Number one is people are hungering to hear Jesus' message. The scripture tells us that the crowds were pressing in on him. So much so that Jesus went to a boat and put it out a little bit from the shore there so that the crowds could come in closer and hear what he had To say. There was something different about his teaching, something that distinguished him from all other teachers. And the people wanted to hear what he had to say. This is also a miracle story of Jesus. We see this in the text when uh, Jesus tells Simon after he had concluded speaking. We don't know what Jesus said. The scripture doesn't tell us exactly what he said on the boat. But we know that when he finished, he looked to Simon and he said, Let's go out to the deep part of the sea and cast our nets. And Simon says, We've been out there all night. He was tired. We, we see that, we can, we can glean that from the text. But Jesus says, let's go. And so Peter says, Lord, if you say so, then we will go. And they go out to the deep and they begin to haul in so many fish that they ask for the other boat to come and to help them as well, to bring in all the fish. Another observation we glean is that Peter knew Jesus on this day. I think they already had a relationship But Peter recognizes who Jesus really is, that he was sent from God, and as a result, falls to his knees and says the words that I just read, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Amid the miraculous and overwhelming situation that Peter has just witnessed, this miraculous catch of fish, Peter has a wow moment. Many of you, many of us in this room have had that wow moment, that time in our lives when we've realized our sinfulness, when we realized who God was, we realized who Jesus was. He was sent from God as the perfect son of man and we've had a wow moment. It may look a little bit different. We could all explain it. It, uh, The circumstances may have been similar, but there were situations that would apply only to you and to me in our wow moment. Peter's having one of those wow moments. He knew about Jesus but now he knows Jesus. And there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And at this moment, Peter begins to know Jesus in a new and a very personal way. In relationship to God, have you had, have you had these wow moments? Scripture indicates this is a pivotal moment for Peter. The shaping of a new identity begins now for Peter. Do you remember a time like that in your life? When a new identity was beginning, maybe it was at Bible school, maybe it was at a revival meeting, maybe it was in your room or in a car, wherever it may have been, when you had one of those wow moments and came to not only know about Jesus, but began a personal relationship with him. And the other observation in this story is that it's a call narrative. It's a call story. We read uh, uh, about Moses and about Isaiah or about Jeremiah. We read about Paul and, and the blinding light but here we have a call story, and not just for Peter, but for Peter, James, and John. And the last theme, the last observation of this text that I've gleaned this week, is the theme of discipleship. It provides a theological anchor, if you will, for our story this morning the story of fishermen and their experience with Jesus. And what does it mean to not only have a wow moment and to realize who Jesus is, but what does it mean to follow Jesus? But because by the end of the text today, It's a pretty strong call, it's a pretty strong following uh, or task, if you will, that is asked of these men. To abandon all, to leave these fish and to leave this great catch that you've been out looking for all night, to leave that by the shore, you come and follow me. Have you heard that invitation following your wow moment? That invitation to come and to follow Jesus? It's often a difficult and painful calling and following it can be but it's also one filled with great joy and peace and purpose being shaped into a new identity is a process and today this process begins for peter we know from countless stories of scripture that god is in the business of making people new paul wrote in second corinthians 5 7 he says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation old things have passed away behold all things have become new And church, this is the good news of the gospel. This is the good news of the gospel. Our present reality does not dictate, is not our future destiny. Our present reality is not our future destiny. God is at work among his children, making us into the new creation that he's called us to be. Sometimes this can happen instantly regarding one's faith, and we know this. Uh, I think something happened instantly with Peter on the boat there with Jesus. Something changed in that moment, in that blink of an eye, when Peter, we we see that in the text, when he falls down at Jesus' knees and says, forgive me, for I am a sinful man. Something changed in Peter on this day, at this moment. But we also know when we look at the life of Peter, and we also think about our own lives as well, we know that that moment that we might have had didn't, uh, we, didn't wake, we didn't go from that moment and everything was always the way that Christ would have it to be in our lives. We know that the new identity that Christ was forming in us was a process. And we know that in Peter's life as well. The reason we know that is because we know that Peter denied Christ. We, yes, he was there long after the other disciples had gone, but yet his denial of Christ is very specific there in the scriptures. He was impulsive, he spoke out of turn. He often have what some have called the foot and mouth disease. You know, he he just, he spoke before he thought about it. He rebuked, um, he rebuked Jesus. And we know that he received one of the toughest rebukes by Jesus when Jesus turned back to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. Some tough words for Peter to hear that day. But being made new was a continual process for Peter. And it's a continual process for you and for me as well. Most in the room here today understand the importance of process, right? Um, For some of us this morning, getting ready was a process. Uh, One step led to another step and led to another this morning. A good home-cooked meal is a process. First, you have to decide what you want. Then you have to decide the ingredients. Look at your list, check it twice, go to the grocery store, purchase those ingredients. That's why some of you go out to eat a lot. You have to go to the grocery store and you purchase the ingredients. You come home and then you've got to make the ingredients. You've got to prepare the utensils and the pots and the pans and all the the levels of measurements and all the things that you need to make it uh, the meal that you want it to be. But it's a process. Other processes that we're familiar with is manufacturing. Manufacturing is a process to need the right uh, tools, the right um, resources, and the right people. And it's a process to get to the finished product. In the business and financial world, there are processes. And my goodness, we all know that church certainly has its processes as far as moving things forward. But growing into Christ-like identity doesn't happen overnight. It is a process process. And at times we see people giving up bad habits and never returning. Um, we see this often, and um, but at the same time we also know, in most cases, the process of change, this process of forming the new identity that Christ would have us to have in Him, is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. The Christian who is growing as a disciple and going through the process of being formed into Christ's likeness is forming a new identity. Discipleship and growing in Christ leads to new. It leads to um, new thoughts, new feelings. It leads to new ways of living, new directions in life, a new way of using our time, which is so precious as we know that for so many. And ultimately, discipleship leads us to a new identity. I want to share, as as I begin to close, an illustration that some of you have heard before, but it's the illustration of a a college professor who is standing before his class and he's holding a living bird in his hand. And um, he is asking the class, is this bird dead or is this bird alive? And the students know this class and they know their professor. And they know that if they answer the bird is dead, the professor can open up his hand and let the bird fly away. If they answer that the bird is alive, they also know the power in the hand of the professor to squeeze the bird. And so after some time, a person in the back of the class raises his hand and says these wise words. He says, the answer to the question lies in your hand. And so I ask you church, individuals this morning, are you allowing the living, breathing presence of Christ to bring about a new identity in your life? First of all, have you had that wow moment that I talked about earlier? That moment when you not only learned, uh, you had learned about Christ, but that moment that you learned about Christ in a personal way. That moment that Christ became a part of you and a part of your future. But then what if, how have things been since then? Are you allowing Christ to form daily in you that new identity? Are you growing as a disciple of Christ? The scripture, the passage ends today with the fact that these men left what was familiar, what was uh, secure, and they left and followed Jesus into the unknown and into the future. How are you and I doing today at allowing Christ to form that new identity in us? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful that when we read it, when we study it, when we hear it read and proclaimed, Lord, it has power. And God, we're thankful that, uh, for examples like Peter and others throughout the scripture, for these wow moments that they had, God, where everything changed for them in the blink of an eye. And Lord, when we have those wow moments with you, we realize the same thing Peter does. We realize who you are, and we realize who we are. And we realize that we will never measure up. And Father, I pray today for this congregation, In In a congregation this size, Father, there's probably some among us that have never had that wow moment where they fully put their trust in you and ask you to forgive them of their sins. I pray that today you would begin the process of making them new. Lord, I pray for the others in here who have put their trust in you some long time ago. But Lord, have continued to um, uh, allow the things of the world and the distractions to pull them away from the identity that you would have them to have in you. And so Father, help us today to renew our walk with you, and to walk each day seeking to be more identified as a Christ follower. Lord, we love you, and we ask your forgiveness for, Lord, where we fall and where we miss the mark on that. We're thankful that you use Peter, that you use James, that you use John, that you use countless men and women throughout Scripture who were flawed, imperfect individuals, and you use them for your glory. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. If there are those here today that would... Respond to the invitation of the good news of Jesus Christ. This altar is open. You may want to pray there in your pew. And uh, I am also available after the service this morning and would love to talk with you. Would love that more than anything this morning about how to begin a relationship with Jesus. But I also ask you, as I said earlier, are you allowing that new identity to be formed in you? As we talk about identity, identity is a big piece now in our culture as we as God's people? Are we just going through the motions? Are we just doing the things that sound good and look good? Are we allowing Christ to form his presence and his likeness in us? Let's stand and sing our closing hymn, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. If you desire church membership this morning, I would welcome a conversation with you about that. Let's stand and sing together hymn number 497, I've Decided to Follow Jesus. Thank you, guests, for being with us this morning. You've been busy this morning. Thank you for leading us in worship. Let me remind our seniors and our youth that there is a lunch in the Fellowship Hall immediately following the service. Uh, I do believe there's a 50th anniversary planning team meeting at three today. And then again, please be mindful, our five o'clock event in the Fellowship Hall has been canceled today. Hope you guys have a great week. If I can um, help you in any way as your pastor and friend, please let me know during the week. I am here and would love to have opportunities to talk with you and for us to grow together. Let's close now in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you continue to call men and women not only into a relationship with you, but into ministry as well. And Lord, may that call be extended to each one here today. And Father, may we respond in appropriate ways throughout this week. Father, help that new identity to continue to be formed in us through the power of your spirit. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.